Well, hello again. Good morning. You may be wondering, why isn't Pastor Nate up here? Well, he is actually at a pastor's retreat this weekend, getting rejuvenated. So be sure to to pray for him this week as he closes that out. So today you get second best. You get me. My name is Deanna Opime. Thank you. I'm the student director here. I also get to be a part of this greater teaching team at Vintage. And so I am thrilled that you made it here this morning. Listen, we're excited because we're kicking off, as you saw, our new series, and it's titled, Tis the Season, How to Thrive, Not Just Survive, This Holiday Season. So that's right. You picked a great day to be here. We're going to get right into it. And this message is titled, An Attitude of Gratitude. Yes, we are talking all about the disposition of Thanksgiving and being thankful. And how timely, right, with just Thanksgiving this week, this Thursday, right around the corner. And so I think it's very important that we begin to preset our mind and our attitude to be that of which is a positive one. Just like you would preset your oven, we can preset our attitude. I know Buddy did. You should see his shirt. It says thankfulness. So he's ready. See, being thankful is going, to, uh, it's going to be beneficial for all of those around us this holiday. Not just us, but the people we interact with. And nobody wants to sit next to a negative Nellie or a cynical person at the Thanksgiving dinner table. And you don't want to be that person either. So let's begin to set our mind. That's what scripture says. Set our mind to be a positive one. One with thankfulness. Speaking of Thanksgiving, I love all of the the Thanksgiving traditions, like the Macy's Day Parade. How many of y'all watch that? We have it on all the time. There's all those specials like the the Peanuts cartoons. I love the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving special. There's one episode where Charlie Brown is bringing out Snoopy his Thanksgiving meal, and it's actually just a bowl of dog food, nothing special, just regular dog food. And Snoopy is uh, a little bit upset and he starts to contest. He says, listen, the whole world, everybody here, they're eating the, the turkey and the trimmings and the cranberry sauce, which I don't care for. But all I get is dog food because I'm a dog. This doesn't seem very fair. Well, he begins to just um, comply and he starts to eat his Thanksgiving dog food and he sits back and he looks at it and he says, you know, this could be a lot worse. I could be the turkey. And that's funny, right? But really what what Snoopy is doing is he's encapsulating a positive perspective. This is what we would call the glass half full. And that's actually the best perspective and attitude to find as throughout this message, we're going to see evidence that support that. For example, there's a recent study done by Stanford Research Institute that found that This is fascinating. Uh, A positive attitude contributes to the success in life more than anything else. A full 88% of people's success can be directly traced back to their attitude, their positive attitude. While just 12% of their success is determined by their knowledge or their skill. That's crazy. That means that the best ability for us to have to be successful in life is simple. It's the ability to be optimistic. Don't you just love when, when science confirms what the, the Bibles, the scriptures have been saying for all these, these years? It's, it's, it's biblical. The joy of the Lord is my strength and 
my success. So here's the big idea today. Our attitudes are amazingly powerful. Our attitudes are amazingly powerful. They have power in it. Our attitude is the lens through which we see life. Our attitude determines how our relationships in life are going to be. Our attitude has the capability to turn our problems into blessings and vice versa if we're not careful. And listen, just because we're Christians and living in this kingdom doesn't mean that once we're born again, we are just automatically positive people, right? It's not like a switch that turns on when we accept Jesus as our Savior. It's actually an everyday choice that we decide, dying to ourselves and obtaining joy and gratitude. It's a perspective that we have to set. Our attitude and how we view life makes all the difference in our world. So let's define our terms here. Let's talk about gratitude. What is gratitude? Well, just a Webster dictionary uh, definition. Gratitude can be defined as the positive emotion of appreciation or thanks. Simple, right? Well, let's see what scripture says about gratitude. Colossians 3.17 says this. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him, to God the Father through him. See, Paul is saying, whatever you're doing, whatever you're thinking, whatever you're saying, give thanks. Praise the Lord and give thanks. Thanks is the ingredient that we have to pepper in every aspect of our life. It's like butter. The more of it, the better it tastes. Thank you, Paula Dean. right? We're getting ready for that. And so maybe some of you are thinking, you know, Dee, it's actually impossible to be thankful through all situations. Like, how do you be thankful in every situation, especially frustrating ones? Like, how many of us have been into a fender bender? No women, just the men, right? A lot of us have. And so is the first thing that you think of, uh, oh, praise God, right? We're usually, we're, we're not thankful through that situation. Or what about... When was the last time that you thanked God for the difficult people in your life? Have you ever thought about that? No? Yeah, it's hard, right? So how do we, how do we be grateful or thankful in frustrating experiences? Well, I believe the answer lies in a very small aspect. It's very simple. Our perspective, our view on life. You know that t-shirt or that meme or sticker? Beth actually sells them in her shop. I sold a bunch this weekend. It says, but did you die? But did you die? What does that mean when you just boil down that phrase? That phrase is actually just having a positive perspective. Listen, that horrible thing happened to you, but guess what? Did you die? No, you're still alive. You have breath in your lungs. Praise God. Okay, so we put the little meme perspective. Let's put some biblical perspective on this. James is the half-brother of Jesus, and he became a Christ follower after he witnessed his brother resurrect from the dead. And so he later became a pastor of the church in Jerusalem. And so he writes, uh, um, well, first, pastors, they, they hear everything, right? You probably hear that. Like, pastors hear everything under the sun. But most importantly, or mostly, I think that they would agree that they deal with people's attitudes the most. They manage people's attitudes the most. And so James writes a book about this, about the experiences that he has with people's attitudes. It's called the book of James. 
And uh, fun fact, this is actually my favorite book in the Bible. It's almost like a, a mini Psalms or Proverbs in the New Testament because there's just a lot of wisdom and knowledge and truth that we can learn from his words. So let's begin to learn uh, from his words um, because I believe that there are at least three attitudes that will still our gratitude. There's three attitudes that you can have that will rip away your thankfulness. So let's talk about these three attitudes. Number one, you probably guessed it, it's pride. The attitude of being prideful. It's the original sin. When you boil down all sin, it all stems, it's rooted in pride. And it's a horrific, horrible attitude to have. See, pride says it's all about me. I'm the best. I worked for it. I'm not deserving of anything. I don't need your help. They think no one. See, this is the attitude. It's, it's very narcissistic. We probably all know a very prideful person. Uh, they make horrible friends, horrible colleagues, horrible spouses. Zero out of ten do not recommend, and neither does James. Let's see what James says about the prideful person. James 4, verse 6 says this. But he gives greater grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now listen, how many of you want God, the creator of the universe, all humanity, to be actively resisting you? To be actively at opposition with you? That's what scripture says, that when we have a prideful attitude, that he's in opposition with you. That means like you're not on the same team. I don't want that. I don't want that for you either. See, if you're thinking, man, D, I can't win in life. I just feel like I can't catch a break. Have you ever considered it could be God actively in opposition with your pride? That's crazy to think about. See, where pride exists, so does the enemy. You are actively lying in bed with the enemy when you obtain a prideful spirit, a prideful attitude, and you will consistently be in opposition with God. So think about that. All right, attitude number two that will steal your gratitude is number two, complaining. Listen, complaining, we all know this person. Come on, somebody. Like they find anything and everything to complain about, things that you wouldn't even imagine. They'll complain about it. This person looks at every single situation at life or in your house, and they complain about it. They, the very first thing that they do is find the negative. You know that saying that says, if you go out looking for trouble, you'll find it? Same applies to the complainer. They will find negativity. This is the glass always half empty. So let's see what James says about the complainer. James 3, chapter Three, I'm sorry, James chapter 3, verses 3 through 6 says this. Now, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we direct their whole bodies. And consider the ships, though very large and driven by fierce winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So too, though the tongue is small part of the body, it boasts a great things. Consider how small a fire sets ablaze a large forest. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue, a world of unrighteousness, is placed among our members. It stains the whole body, 
sets the course of life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. Listen, James is telling the church, warning the church that our words can actually do a world of damage to the people around us, to the places around us. And our words will direct where we go. He's suggesting that our tongue, our words, that we say they, they, they actually have power to create life, destruction, or abundance. They can either lead you down a path of righteousness or a path that leads to death. Just like a small fire, little blaze sets a fire, a uh, forest on fire, so can the tongue. So though it be a small part of the body, don't underestimate its ability to bring hell to those around you. Our tongue, our words, our mindset is the key to life and death. There's a, I want to tell you a story about a, um, an Instagram account a few years back, probably about five years ago. There was an anonymous person who created the social media account. And basically what they did was they went around Austin, Texas. Our church at the time was one of them. And they would sit in on church services and they would write reviews on the church services, kind of like a Yelp for church. And it was cleverly named Reviews from the Pews, Review from the Pews. And so they did a bunch of sh churches. And I, I, I think that the original intent of this account may have been good hearted, like to help people find a church. But what you began to read and see on this page was um, just a lot of complaining and com critiquing on these churches. I mean, they would critique on things like, oh, the chairs were so uncomfortable. Or that worship singer, you know, was pitchy. Or the pastor talked too fast. Or the pastor didn't preach enough. And it really became pretty petty. And you're probably thinking the same thing. And maybe you're even thinking, you know, I would never, I would never complain about a church, especially my church. But have you ever thought, you know, when you walked in the, the doors and you thought, ooh, I wish that, you know, vintage had a church already because the atmosphere is not the vibe I like. Or, or maybe that, that worship is just too short or too long or the messages aren't deep enough. See, it's really easy to just fall into a spirit of complaining. What if... What if the position, the disposition of our, our hearts and our language after we left these doors at church would be, man, I'm so thankful that God willing, I live in a country that I can praise Jesus, that I can own a Bible, that it's not blacklisted, that I get to teach my two-year-old about Jesus. That's the spirit we need to start to adopt. Let's change our perspective. All right, last point that kills our gratitude is familiarity. Being too familiar with something. Someone once said that if the stars only came out once a year, we would all stay out all night just to watch them. But they're out every night, and we've grown accustomed to them, and the stars have lost their shine. This is when the honeymoon phase, you know, just begins to roll over in relationships, right? We start to lose the excitement and the joy of our relationship. Monotony kicks in, and we begin to take for granted the things in our relationship that we once loved, right? See, before your spouse, they could do no wrong in your eyes. But fast forward five years later, and you say things like, can you stop breathing like that, right? No experience there. 
Matthew 13, verse 57 through 14, verse 1 says this. And they were offended by him. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and in his household. And he did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. What is this scripture saying? Basically, the scripture is saying that the man that a group of people used to run to, cry for, pray for, listen to, just do everything in their being to, to just be in his presence. They began to become offended by him because Jesus lost his shine in their eyes. And I pray that never, ever happens to us. Do ne never let Jesus lose his miraculous wonder in your life. Okay, so because of these three attitudes, pride, complaining, familiarity, we lose our gratitude. But I want to begin uh, to encourage us all to adopt thankfulness into our perspective. Because I believe adopting a, a, a optimistic attitude will radically change our life. Statistics show that. And the Bible tells us that. So let's talk about the benefits, the benefits of having an attitude of gratitude. So here there are. Uh, three benefits of gratitude. Number one, gratitude increases our joy. Gratitude increases our joy. See, most of us think that joy is determined by our circumstances, right? I think the majority of us would think that. And if I were to ask you on a scale of 10 right now to uh, tell me how joyful you are or happy you are, you would, you would might say something like a two, three, but that's only because of my circumstance or what I'm going through or what happened last week or what happened in the car. So I'm, you know, I'm only a two, two out of 10. See, we've all been taught that happiness and joy are the same thing and they're really not. See, happiness is a feeling, something you feel, but joy, oh joy, joy is the fruit of the spirit and it's not dependent on what's going on around us. Our joy is actually determined by our attitude and our perspective and how we see things. Our joy is determined by us walking in the spirit and living in God's kingdom, not in the world. Greater is he in me than he who is in the world. Greater is the joy in me than the joy or happiness that I can find in the world. Let's listen to the words of the apostle Paul that he wrote in prison. Yes, he was in prison when he wrote this scripture. In Philippians 4, verse 4, it says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. See, Paul's in prison, and he's joyful, and he's singing God's praise. He learned to thank God in every circumstance. Being in prison didn't stop him from singing his praise, and we need to adopt and learn how to do this. This is uh, kind of being transformed starting in our mind, right? So let's move on to the next benefit, which is our gratitude changes our perspective. Our gratitude changes our perspective. Listen, our gratitude should include two things at all times, thanking God in our blessing and thanking God in our burden. And the first one's easy, right? Thanking God for a good thing, a blessing, that's really easy to do. We do that naturally. So it's thankful. It's, it's easy to be thankful for a good thing. But man, thanking God through our burdens, it's a little bit harder. It can be tough. 
1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this, In everything, everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It's God's will for our life to be thankful in everything, even our burdens. See, there was a time in my life where I had a pretty big burden. I went through a tremendous loss. I lost my brother to cancer, actually. And there was a song that I just prayed over and over again, just in times in my car, with my husband, with friends. I would just play this song and really cry out to God. And I just want to read you some of these lyrics. It says this, Even when my strength is lost, I will praise you. Even when I have no song, I will praise you. Even when it's hard to find the words, louder than I'll sing your praise. I will always sing your praise. And this song became to be my battle cry through my circumstance and my trial. It didn't prevent me, my trial did not prevent me from singing his praise. It actually helped me because I have hope and joy that my brother is now healed on the other side of heaven. And I can rejoice in that. And I'm thankful for that because we as Christians, as Christ believers, we don't grieve like the world grieves. We grieve with hope. And so he's healed and and God still kept his promise even through his death. And that's something to be thankful for. See, our burdens look different when we have Jesus. Our burdens look different on this side of heaven in this kingdom world because Jesus conquered the grave, and I am thankful for that. I don't believe that Paul is saying that we have to be thankful for our problems. I'm not thankful for cancer, but I'm thankful through them. See the difference? Let our thankfulness be a spiritual weapon against depression and anxiety and fear and death. There's nothing that he hasn't overcome already. We know the end of the story and he comes out on top. That's something to be grateful for. Last point as we close, gratitude enriches our relationships. Did you know how the Apostle Paul, how he started most every letter that he wrote in the Bible? He started that with, uh, with greatness and joy in his heart. The very first thing he wanted to communicate to the other people was thankfulness to the church in Romans. He says this, first I thank my, uh, first I thank my God for all of you. First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.4 says this, I will always thank God for you. Ephesians 1.16, he wrote, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. To the church in Philippians, he says this, I thank my God every time I remember you. See, Paul made sure to let the people that he was in relationship know that he is thankful and grateful for them. And I just want to think, like, what would our relationships and our friendships and our marriage and our relationships with our kids look like if we would just do that simple thing? I imagine that they would be greatly enriched and fulfilled. And it's so simple. Why do we forget this? Listen, I know being grateful in theory, it may sound like super easy and doable. But 50% of us in this room, statistically, we're going through it. We're going through something. 
It might be sickness. It might be a job loss. It might be something hard like a loss of a, of a person or a friend, a broken relationship, infertility. And it's, it's hard to be grateful in those things, right? You lose hope. But as Christ followers, we have something. We have the joy. We, we've overcome we can activate this, this thankfulness through our relationship with Christ. That's what it takes. It takes a relationship with Christ to let our thankfulness then become that weapon that we can use to combat, to get through the holiday season. Some of you aren't looking forward to Thanksgiving dinner. You know, it's not always a, a, a joyful, grateful time. But I believe today with your relationship with Christ and you actively turning on your mind, switching on your mind to the one of position of gratitude. It can change a world of things. There can be healing through that. Thank you for listening to this message. You can stay connected with us at Vintage.Church or on Facebook by searching Vintage Church TX. At Vintage, we believe church is more than a place or a weekend activity. It's a spiritual family where Jesus is the center of our lives personally and our relationships collectively. If you're in the Liberty Hill area, we would love to have you join us this week. You can learn more about us, our service time, and plan your visit by visiting vintage.church slash Liberty Hill. We hope to see you soon.